Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Gooskosker, here with you, as always, getting you caught up on the greatest and latest news in sports. This is episode 66. Coming at you, no, we're not checking on another six to summon the devil. That's not what we're doing. Episode 66. I'm going to give this one to a giant, a, a fan favorite giant, none other than David Deal, one of the anchors to the Giants' Super Bowl runs. Uh, when they were good, obviously, as they look to return to prosperous times uh, at some point in my lifetime before I die or the earth explodes. Your choice, not mine. But today in the studio, I've got my buddy, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, my co-host. What's up, brother? Here as always, I'm going to go with um, a current giant, number 66, Shane LeMayu. Uh, first team All-American in Oregon, two-time All-Pac-12, still trying to cement his spot. Like David Deal in the NFL. I believe he is injured right now, so he's obviously not out there to help our Giants right away. But Jolan, you know, just crazy schedules, man, vacations, a lot going on. I just want people to understand that this is going to become our new kind of slot here. Uh, We used to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday releases, but with the way the NFL calendar works out, shout out to my buddy Brock Cruz out there on the West Coast, made this suggestion that we hop in the studio either Tuesday or Wednesday of each week, Jolan, and that way we can get everybody a full recap of the week before, including the Monday night game, and we get a full preview, including the Thursday night game, headed into the next week. So I am super excited. I can't believe we're back together, Jolan. Uh, I know we stay in touch all the time, but sometimes it's hard uh, to get out into the studio. I'm coaching, you're working, we're grinding, we're doing our thing. So sometimes it's difficult, but it's good to be back, brother. And that's the thing, too. We've seen each other almost every other day since we've recorded a podcast last. But, you know, life catches up, mess games here, work here. It happens. But we can review week one and two. What do you think so far? Let's start uh, Chiefs-Chargers game last week. Chiefs obviously took it 27-24. I think that each puts one team. Or Chiefs are 2-0 and now. Correct. And the Chargers are 1-1, and I believe. The Chargers are 1-1, one and, one, and they're 1-1 one and one with an injured quarterback as Justin Herbert, for all intents and purposes, broke his ribs against the Chiefs. He sure looked like it. Jolan, every once in a while on these Thursday night games, we get a great matchup. It, it doesn't always happen often, but occasionally we get a really, really good matchup. A fun matchup, one we know is going to be worth the price of admission, that being one of them. And I thought it was an awesome game. And the Chiefs just look like they just look like they're back again for another run. First game on Prime. What do you think? Good layout. Do you like it? Would you rather see it on national television? I would, but you know what, Jolan, I like it because last week. Uh, so we'll talk about it. You and I are getting involved in a volleyball league, Jolan. Uh, Jolan missed the first week. I made the first week. We were one and zero. So a little bit better start than kickball, just a hair. But, uh, Jolan, I went to Applebee's afterwards. You know, they got the all, all-you-can-eat wings for 13 bucks or something. Shout-out Applebee's. Went out there and just had a good time. And in the bars, it's on regular te- – it's on the direct- – it comes with the direct TV package. So, you know, for me, for me personally, I would love for it to be on national television, regular television. But if it's going to get me to go out to a bar and spend money at a local business, maybe in Pompton Lakes, it's a place like Thatcher's. Uh, something like that. I think it's I think it's good all around, uh, as long as the bar has the game, right? As long as they have it, uh, I'll come and watch. We move on to the Sunday schedule. Let's start with the Jets and Browns. Obviously a crazy game if you're a Jets fan and a terrible game if you're a Browns fan 
99.9% win percentage for the Browns in the last four minutes of the game. It implodes. Let's go over that game. Yeah, so I'll just break it down to the last minute 22, Joel, on where the Jets are down 13 points and find a way to score two touchdowns to come all the way back and win the game. And, John, i got to tell you, the way the Cleveland fan base has treated the Deshaun Watson situation, uh, we saw they made jokes about it in the parking lot, and, yeah, alcohol does things to people. But you know what? That loss, that loss hadn't happened since 2001 in that scenario. It could not have happened to a better franchise. They deserved every second of that. And let's not blame it on alcohol. That was planned, oh, planned and prepped. They brought statues, the Absolutely. whole nine, the table. It's ridiculous. Instant karma. I love it. Receipts. Yeah. Receipts. Yeah. Salah has receipts. They come to show. <laughs> and it's been great. Another team on the come up right now, Detroit Lions. They beat the Washington Commanders 36-27. Not a crazy game. Obviously, if you're a diehard fan, not notable players. Maybe Amon Ross St. Brown. He had a hell of a day. What do you think so far? Is Detroit legit? What do you think? Well, Amon Ross St. Brown has just been Mr. Consistent, right? He Mr. Fantasy I, Football. I believe he's got the streak for longest games with eight consecutive catches, and I believe it's sitting in eight right that now. dates back to last year. It dates back to last year, and that's the longest streak. Uh, I believe it ties the longest streak in NFL history. Listen, Jolan, I watched Hard Knocks, and if you didn't watch Hard Knocks with the Lions, I would suggest going back, not only because Hard Knocks is awesome in my opinion, but Dan Campbell... Deuce Staley's on that team. Uh, uh, all the different guys. Kelvin Shepard, who's a former Giant, is on that coaching staff. There's so many ex-players you can learn so much about in that in that Hard Knocks, in that five-episode Hard Knocks. And you can learn so much about the people, how much they care. Right. And I think they've got an awesome team, Jolan. I'm, I'm excited, right, because Detroit doesn't have the most talented roster in the league. They're not... Listen, the day we wake up and Detroit, With the exception of few, DeAndre Swift's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. DJ no, Chark's above uh, average. They've got they've got good pieces, right? Jared Goff's a solid quarterback, can make the throws necessary. Game manager. Uh, got through Super Bowl. Right, right, of course. And, you know, then you add Aiden Hutchinson on the other side of the ball as a second overall pick. Joel, and I really like what they're doing in Detroit, and they're going to be a hard team to play every single week, and it starts with their head coach. We'll move on to it. NFC South battle here. The Buccaneers beat the Saints 20-10, to but there's problems everywhere. Mike Evans gets thrown out. Tom Brady's wife's leaving him. What do you think? What's going on here? Do you believe in this Bucs team to bounce back? Do you believe in them this week? We'll get into that a little bit later with Mike Evans' suspension. Yeah, Mike Evans out for week three, suspended one game for his uh, role in an incident with Marshawn Lattimore, who got into it with Tom Brady. And, and you could see Evans, there's a video out there, he just kind of says, it's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? Listen, I'd protect Tom Brady with fisticuffs, Fair. man. I'd bring out the gold, the gold uh, steel plate and knuckles. Like, you know, if you go after my quarterback like that. So, and Bruce Arians is like po- pointing to Evans to go get him from the sidelines, which is kind of weird to see Bruce Arians on the sidelines while not a coach. Um, but yeah, the Tom Brady distraction thing is going to be, he's going to have to deal with it. He's going to have to deal with it all year long. He gets Wednesdays off. Uh, it's like a vet day off, which is more, which more sounds like marriage counseling day off. But then whatever they're doing, you know, whatever they got to do. But, Jolan, the thing that can really ride this team is their defense. This Tampa Bay defense, and again, they play. do they play the Rams? Do they play the Bills the first two weeks? No. 
But that defense looks electric. And that defense looks good from top to bottom. That's the one thing we always knew about Todd Bowles. And, yeah, he had a bad stint in New York with the Jets, but I think as a defensive guy, he can really kind of – he doesn't really have to worry about the offense, right? He's got Tom Brady. Yep. You know, they can go figure it out. And he's I believe they still have Byron Leftwich as their OC, guy who's getting head coaching looks. So, you know, that you know that side of the ball can handle themselves, gets to spend a lot more time with the defense. That's where that's where his prime's at. And they've got a lot of guys, Jolan, up there, a lot of talent around the line of scrimmage. It's funny you say defense because that segues into our next game. 1916, the New York football Giants are 2-0. and They handle the Carolina Panthers. Let's talk blue. Let's talk blue. Yeah, Jolan, that looked like the way the game was played, it looked like it was in 1916. But uh, it's kind of crazy, Jolan, right? The Mets, Yankees, Jets, Giants all win on the same day for the first time since September 27th, 2009. And... The Giants were the least impressive, least fun game of the day, right? And, you know, it was the home opener, so Dayball and Martindale want to get everybody there and loud. They forced a turnover on the opening kickoff and the opening offensive possession by Carolina. But they only scored six points, Sean. And that's, to me, they won a very ugly football game against a team with a, a putrid offense and a really fun defense. That Carolina defense can fly around the football field. And uh, but I think it just showed Joel on like it's kind of like what people like myself knew. Okay, is like the Giants still there's still holes on this team, but you know what? They found a way to win a game that last year, the previous four years before that, they probably lose. So uh, I was good to see them come out with a dub. Almost comes down to like good coaching matters because Matt Rule obviously on the hot seat, and Dave's looks like he knows what he's doing. Obviously, I'll call him Dave's now. Won a couple games, <laughs> but I want it to happen. Let's talk about another coach who knows what he's doing and knows how to win close games. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots beat the Pittsburgh Steelers minus TJ Watt. Of course, he's dealing with that pectoral injury. All of a sudden now, Patriots are 1-1. One one. What do you think? Is Mac Jones the guy? Is this the team? And on the flip side, can the Steelers bounce back without TJ? I don't. Uh, to the first question, I don't because I think this game was more about the issues with the Steelers than it necessarily is about the good of the Patriots. I think... This Steeler team, especially without T.J. Watt, right? So, Jolan, when you don't have an offense that's explosive, when you can't do certain things, you then, if you're going to be a great team, you have to have a defense that can score points. Not just sack the quarterback, not just take the ball away, but that can score points. And with T.J. Watt in there, they're able to do that. Strip sack, force a, a bad throw into an interception, stuff like that. That's stuff that they miss. Um, and they're not getting the production out of their offense. So it's really a double whammy there in Pittsburgh right now. And, again, while Mitch isn't bad, I'm not calling for his benching, they don't look good right now. They didn't really look good against Cincinnati, at least the offensive side of the ball, and they certainly didn't look good against the Patriots. T.J. Watt had a phenomenal game week one, came out a bunch of tackles for loss, a couple sacks. He was going crazy. He's incredibly valuable to that team. We'll move on to a surprise score of the week. The Indianapolis Colts get shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars. You heard that right. The Jacksonville Jaguars have won a football game. Wow. 24-0. Let's talk the good about Jacksonville and the bad of Indianapolis. Let's start with the Jags. Yeah, I'll give a shout-out to my cousin Cameron Gosker, who I'm sure uh, probably called the victory. Uh, you know, just knowing the fan he is is actually funny. It was their home opener uh, and him and his uh, less than you know less than a year, so still newly married wife. Um 
they were up in Boston actually for a wedding, so they didn't get to go watch the home opener, which stinks. But you know what? Great performance. And I think, Joel, we're going to see a different Trevor Lawrence. We talked about the pairing of Doug Peterson with Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne is back. You've got that with James Robinson. Uh, and you've got the weapons on the outside. This Jaguar team in a division that stinks, if we're going to be quite honest, it kind of stinks. They can they can find ways to win games here, Joel. And if that defense can can stand tall, they'll find ways to win ball games and find themselves potentially in a division race the rest of the year. Let's talk about the bad of Indianapolis. You oh, bring boy. over Matt Ryan to replace what you thought could be a, the worst case scenario on Carson Wentz. It only gets worse. The quarterback plays now for the Colts last year being 19th. This year is 32nd at a 32nd. Mind you, small sample size. Right. What do the Colts do now moving forward? Is Matt Ryan the guy? Do you bring in, who is his rookie? They probably one year removed Sam Ellinger. Is he the guy you bring in? What goes on in Indianapolis? Because you have JT in his prime. You have Michael Pittman entering his prime. What do you do? Yeah, I don't know how religious they are in Indianapolis, Jolon, but I would probably suggest becoming religious uh, and saying a lot of prayers. Jolon, it's really weird. It's it, Indianapolis is joining a list that you certainly do not want to be on. That list includes Chicago and Cleveland, which is places your quarterback goes to die. And it, do, it doesn't seem to matter who. It doesn't seem to matter how old. It just seems to matter that when they get to Indianapolis, they are a shell of what anybody thought they were. And they just can't get competent quarterback play. Again, like Matt Ryan, you know, you're not paid all that money to be okay. You're paid to go win football games. And I don't know, maybe it's just them and a Jaguar thing. Like, I don't know. I know Shaquille Leonard was out this week. Big part of that defense. But, I mean, overall, on the on the offensive side of the ball, like, what are you looking at? Like, what's going on here? I have a question aside from what we're talking about. Sure. When did Darius Leonard start going by Shaquille? That was this past offseason, Jolan. He changed it. I just believe it was in the middle of the offseason. Okay, because everyone starts calling him Shaq Leonard. I'm thinking, who is this guy? <laughs> Look him up. Oh, yeah, it's Darius. New player. New player. Yeah, same situation. Always throws me off. (laughs) We move on to the most exciting game of the weekend. I'll crown it. Yep. The Dolphins upset the Ravens, and I want to say upset because Baltimore had led, I believe it's 31-14 in the fourth quarter. I believe so. 30-14, possibly. Huge lead. Huge lead. Tua comes back, drops six TDs. Tyreek Hill has a day. Jalen Waddell has a day. What do you think? Did the Ravens do everything they could possibly do, and is that just their limit? Or did the Dolphins have a miracle day? Well, unfortunately, I was playing against Tyreek Hill in fantasy, so that wasn't good. But I had Lamar Jackson going, so uh, life turned out pretty okay. Jolan, this was, and this takes nothing away from the Dolphins because I think we're seeing what they can be when they get their offense rolling. This Ravens defense, I mean, good Lord, they couldn't stop a nosebleed with a freaking, uh, with a napkin. Like, they... They can't stop anything. I, I I don't know what they're doing schematically that's keeping them in positions to where they're just getting big play, giving up big play after big play. I don't know what's going on there in Baltimore, but they got to fix it. What do you think of Mike McDaniel? 2-0? Listen, check I, one week, Harbaugh the next? I think he's a start. fun guy. And, Joe, I'll tell you this, as an offensive guy, I played offense, you know, the back half of my career. Uh, offense only once I got to college. Offense is fun, and when you got a fun offensive coordinator who, or obviously head coach in this scenario, but basically head coach coordinator, uh, and you're getting fun play designs and fun reads and trick plays, and and you could just throw the ball to Tyreek and he'll take it to the house. It's fun. 
it is a lot of fun, and you'd love to play for a guy like that. Now, am I going to say he's uh, not an interesting character? I will say that. He is definitely an interesting character, but uh, he seems to be enjoying it down there, and Tua is enjoying some of that success. Let's move on to the Falcons and the Rams, a little bit closer than people expected. Rams 31, Atlanta 27. What do you think about this? Yeah. Super Bowl hangover question mark? Rams needed a pick in the end zone by Jalen Ramsey uh, to kind of seal this thing. So, otherwise, they had the ball. Cooper Cup fumbled uh, to give the Falcons a chance to go down and win the football game, which is... Atlanta 17 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I'm the Rams, I'm kind of wondering what's going on. That defense has to be exceptional. You can't expect the offense to be as good as they were last year. Only because, and I say this not because they lost, you know, 80 guys. I'm saying this because we know there's something wrong with Stafford's elbow. It was reported before the year. I think they just don't want to talk about it. But there's something wrong in there, clearly. And they're not clicking right now. So they need that defense to kind of step up a little bit. Bobby Wagner there in the middle. Aaron Donald there rushing the passer. These guys got to get home. They got to get home. We'll move out to the NFC West matchup. The 49ers take on the Seattle Seahawks. And there's trouble in the Golden Gates of San Francisco. Trey Lance is down. Jimmy G's up. But is it trouble? Goose, let's go over this. Yeah, Trey Lance uh, suffered, unfortunately, a very scary injury, Jolan. One that uh, you'd never like to see anybody go through. You know, we want to see anybody go through any injury. But uh, this was one of those where the air cast was needed. And we, we can all pretty much assume what happens when the air cast is needed. But... You're right. I mean, how smart were they to keep to keep a hold on Jimmy G? I mean, seriously. They they were brilliant in this whole process. They were very transparent about things, is so it seemed. We were kind of waiting forever to figure out what was going to happen. But again, Jolan, I ask this of teams all the time. Keep things away from us. When it gets out into the public, we can react, get opinions, keep it away. San Francisco did a great job. And now they've got Jimmy G, who led this team to the NFC Championship game last year. Now, he's got to play the the rest of the 15 games, okay, but he gives them a great shot to win week in and week out. And he does have a great incentive to win, a $150,000 bonus for every game he wins as a 49er and a $250,000 bonus for every game he plays more than 25% of the snaps. Ooh. So a bad day for a bad year, rather, for Trey Lance turns into a pay year for Jimmy G. Just the way the cookie crumbles, honestly. We could dwell over it, but we all know Trey Lance has plenty more NFL yep. left in him. And today, I think Debo Samuel and those guys are probably more suited with Jimmy G than they are with a rookie and Trey Lance just because of how much talent you have right now. And it's in win now mode and not let's build around the young quarterback mode. So who knows? Those guys might be ecstatic, but at the same time, they lost a teammate, so bittersweet for sure. We move on to a surprising victory this week. The Dallas Cowboys... Beat the Cincinnati Bengals 20-17 to on a little last-second field goal up and in. What do you think? Cooper Rush is now the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Something happened with Dak. Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Super Bowl loser hangover. Yeah, Dak uh, broke or fractured his thumb in week one against the Buccaneers. So uh, they say he'll be back in two weeks, which I don't necessarily buy, but I think it's just I think it's stupid optimism. Smoke and mirrors, Jerry Jones. Classic. Right, I, I completely agree. Get, I think get guys plant plant or get coaches rather plotting that there he's going to play against them. That's and, exactly what it you is. know. But I think other coaches are are pretty intelligent to know. I would imagine they play the Eagles in about a month. I think that's probably when we should see Dak again. 
uh, save him for those big moments. Because honestly, Joel, on that team, it's just not that offense in particular is just not dazzling. It's not America's team worthy. Well, here's the thing. Offensively, they have a ton of talent. You still got C.D. Lamb. You're getting Michael Gallup back off the IR. Nino Brown did his thing last week. You still have Zeke. You have Pollard now, who's going to obviously have a phenomenal year. The problem I have is now the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, who is supposed to be this guru, who Jerry Jones made him stay on the staff with Mike McCarthy. Laying an egg. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I, I don't think Zeke's the player he was... Uh, back in the day, Dalton Schultz got hurt uh, in that Cincinnati game, so we'll see how serious that is. And Jolan, it always comes down to this, whether people want to talk about it or not, their offensive line is just not the same offensive line it used to be, and you, that's inarguable. That's you, know, you cannot tell me the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is the same we saw three years ago that we lamented like the greatest ever to walk planet Earth. Okay, they're, they're just not the same, and but they've got Micah Parsons, who is having an impact that we see the likes of Aaron Donald have. And only he's coming from the outside, so it's harder necessarily to get that double out there uh, and, and go from there. But he's disrupting ball games. We move forward to a rather surprising team in the Denver Broncos. They pull out a win, 16-9 against the Texans, a game we thought they were going to blow out. Nathaniel Hackett looks awful. Let's go over this game. Let's go over Russ's time and Coe's country. Well, yeah, I mean, Hackett looks bad from his decision week one. I think, I, honestly, I think there's something wrong with Russ. His decision I, to kick rather than to give Russ the ball fourth and five. Fourth and five and get it closer, yeah. Take I, a 64-yard attempt, I believe it was. Correct. Ridiculous. It, it, it is. And that decision, I'm not going to defend. But what I will tell you is, Joel, on at a certain point, your quarterback's got to your quarterback's got to make plays, and they fumbled twice inside the one last week. They had two drives inside the five this past week. Somebody's got to score. Somebody's got to execute. As a personal owner of Javante Williams, I have <laughs> never been so disgusted with a team not willing to run inside the five. This is like Pete Carroll level of pettiness to Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line. Like They do not give it to Melvin Gordon, who's still a great back, or Javante Williams. Both who could carry it three yards and get in the end zone. They just refused to do it. I don't understand it. Wow, that was uh, Daryl Bevel, too. Don't forget on that Seahawks staff that, that held back on, on Marshawn. It's not, it wasn't all Pete. He was too busy chewing gum. But nonetheless, Joel, on a certain point, Russ is getting paid. He just got $160 million guaranteed in his contract. He's got to make a play. And you know what? Good for Houston. Again, it's hard, man, right? Imagine going from the heat of Houston to Denver where it could tornado hurricane and blizzard in the same game it's a tough place to go play they played hard that team's a good young team i like davis mills just you know kind of being a game manager over there that's kind of what they need right now uh until they're ready to get a new quarterback you know they got to just continue to build that roster and it's good for them you know they put up a good fight but uh russ has got to be better he's been asking for them to let him cook he's got to cook it's that simple in my opinion, I had labeled Dolphins-Ravens as the game of the week, probably East Coast bias, but if you're on the West Coast, you probably had this game as the game of the week. The Cardinals come back and beat the Raiders. Maltner, tune out now. 29-23 in overtime. Byron Murphy seals it with a fumble six. Returns at, I believe, 60-plus yards. They were yep. deep. Yeah. And Cardinals come back, I believe, down 14 in the fourth quarter to upset Las Vegas, Derek Carr, and company. 
Let's go over this NFC West battle. Yeah, I mean Kyler Murray. It, it was the two point play with or, eight. It was, it was an eight and a half left where he ran eighty three yards. Yeah. NFL West battle. Yeah. Mind you, AFC yep. West, NFC West. Yep. And uh, he he ran eighty three yards on a two point conversion That's play. That's what it was eighty plus. It was it was ridiculous. It was just stupid. And then he did something similar on the touchdown to tie the game. What happened on the one yard line? What do you mean what happened on the one-yard line? Fumble six. Byron Murphy's coming down to seal the game in overtime. One-yard line. It looks like he almost throws the yes. ball in the back of the end zone. Dude. It was crazy. It would have been a turnover touchback. It was reviewed a thousand times. He did pass the line. But Byron Murphy, I guarantee, has a couple coaches in his ear today and yesterday telling him what's going on. Bro, that's the one thing I was looking at on that play was if the ball had to cross into the paint, like if that was the rule for a touchdown – that would have been a fumble through the back of the end zone. 100%, but it has to break the plan. Which is ridiculous. That is crazy how you stupid. And how stupid. As a spectator, it's probably easy. He probably knew in real time exactly when he crossed that line. But still, but you, you are always you taught mean. to run through the back of the end zone. Drama. Because you never know. And, you know, there's clips everywhere of guys getting chased down like that. He, I, I mean, I'm guessing he looked behind him to know nobody was coming. But still, I mean... Just run through the back of the end zone with the football. Spike it at the wall or something. Uh, and then, Jalon, unfortunately, we had the incident come out uh, that police are investigating a fan striking Kyler Murray. Uh, the video is out there. Uh, we're going to reserve judgment until the investigation is is complete. Uh, we'll see. I'll put first narrative judgment. It looks like they're all celebrating, and he goes to like hit him on the and shoulder, he, and, and he comes just down catches and, him. Yeah. What but, kind of reiterates that to me is Kyler comes back to say something negative to him. And the person's, like, celebrating. Like, we did it. Right. But uh, in hindsight, if you're Kyler Murray, you still get upset. You still look it through. Right, because you just never know. Exactly. Right? And you never know. You're on the road, no less. Uh, so definitely something you got to worry about. But, yeah, you're right. And it, it just an awful loss for the Raiders, uh, who are doing themselves no justice uh, here in here in the early weeks. They're 0-2, aren't they? Oh, uh, they are. They are. Indeed. They lost to the Chargers week one. And now Indeed. they lost to uh, Arizona. They're 0-2. I mean, hard schedule, don't get me wrong, yep. plenty of season left, but statistically, 0-2. Got to get it going. Yep, playoffs on the horizon, I don't know. The last, there were no teams last year, by the way. There were seven teams that started 0-2 last year. None of them made the postseason. So, again, I think I think that maybe changes this year, but because of the quality of the 0-2 teams that we have, nonetheless, got to kick it into high gear if you're Vegas. Sunday night primetime, we have the King of Chicago, Aaron Rodgers, taking on the Bears, but Aaron... Letting his buddy Aaron Jones this week a little bit. A couple of touchdowns for him. Did it all receiving and running-wise. What's the formula here? The Packers back after one win? Or what's going on? The king of Chicago. I wonder, you know, like when they do the farewell tours. When they do the farewell tour, they should probably give him a key to the city. Like, they should absolutely give him a key. If anything, every single Chicago Bears fan that has season tickets should Thank him a million times because if they don't want to watch their football team, they make a fortune when he yep. comes to town. It's uh, guaranteed. Absolutely. But, uh, Jalan, I'm not going to say they're back. Listen, they've they've got a young set of receivers. They've got a bunch of older guys that they're relying on uh, until those younger guys are ready. And you just don't know. Now, Aaron Rodgers is swing the football. He's going to put the ball in the spots. We saw it week one when they played the Vikings. First play of the game, he drops it in the bucket to Christian Watson, the receiver out of North Dakota State. And he drops it. That listen, I'm pretty sure I picked him to be a, a like rookie of the year. Uh, that would have kicked off his campaign 
But now his campaign is set back like four weeks. Okay, if he ever had a campaign, it's way set back by that drop. Four weeks, it might be all season. It Once could you lose be. Aaron Rodgers' trust, it's very hard to get it back. And ask we'll, we'll ask see. his brother. But. We'll see. But that, that Chicago team, just they just don't have enough weapons, man. They, they really don't. We move on to two days ago, Monday, yep. September 19th. Monday games, Titans, Bills, Vikings, Eagles. Let's go over Titans, Bills first. Just an absolute massacre. Yeah, Bills good, Titans bad. Next, um, boom. No, they <laughs> the Titans look nothing. They're they're shell themselves after they let AJ Brown go. Shocker. Far removed from the number one seed. Yep, and the Bills look like a runaway. Tra- the Bills look like Jolon. If they stay healthy and football, you have a hundred percent risk of injury. If they stay healthy, they look like a team that is at bare minimum going to the championship game. And should win the Super Bowl. There was a stat. I don't remember who said it. I want to say it was Boomer Esiason on WFAN. That they have now won, dating back to last season, I believe it was 10 or more games by double digits. We haven't seen something like this since the greatest show on turf. Since early 60s, this has been uncharted territories. That's crazy. High power. High power. And it's demolishing teams, right? It's not sitting here. We don't get to debate whether a three-point win over, you know, the Dallas Cowboys is a good win or not. Like, so you have to go to overtime to see right. if you go to the Super Bowl type 100%. of deal. 100%. So the Bills are rolling, obviously. Flip side of that, Vikings come off strong week one, take a step back last week to the 2-0 and Eagles. Jalen Hurts is not rolling too. Jolon, you know I'm a big fan of comparisons, and I finally found one for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. They are the Minnesota Twins of football. And... The Philadelphia Eagles are the Yankees. Now, the Eagles have not won 27 championships. That's not where I'm going with this analogy. However, when you watch baseball, the Yankees can beat the Twins if there's a monsoon in the outfield and a hurricane on the pitcher's mound with Garrett Cole's bad side pitching. Right? Like, the Yankees just own the Twins. The Eagles own Minnesota, specifically in Philly. They have no chance against Philly. Right, that's that ridiculous video. A.J. Brown looks great. Jalen Hurts looks great. Now, they've played the Minnesota defense, and they've played the Lions. So, we'll see how they continue to progress. Another team, Jolan, if they stay healthy, they should win their division uh, and and be key contributors in the postseason. Let's move on to week three now in the NFL. Week three already, man. Crazy. It's tomorrow. I mean, It comes at you fast, things change fast, so keep that in mind as we're picking. I'll give you a line, you give me the team you want to win, and then just one X factor to why they will win. We don't got to break down every team right now. Cleveland Browns at, or excuse me, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. The spread is four and a half. Favorite to the Browns. Who are you taking? What's the X factor? Yeah, the last time the Browns and Steelers faced off on national television on a Thursday, uh, coincidentally just happened to be when Miles Garrett decided to swing his helmet, uh, as if it was uh, a game of merry-go-rounds. And game of Thrones, club, sword, whatever you want. Ron Mason. <laughs> right, he hit Mason Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer over the side over the side of the head. Ugly scene, right? But, and I know Cleveland's coming off an awful, awful loss. And I, and I hope they lose this game by 100. Uh, like I said, just from what we saw last weekend, it, it is really despicable what they're doing out there. Um, but I like the Browns to win this game. 
With uh, points? I will not take the points. I think it comes on a last-second field goal. Nick Chubb's my running back in fantasy, so I need him to have a big day again. He had 87 yards at three touchdowns last week. Third touchdown loss in the game, if you ask me. Yeah, well, that's, Joel, on that, that debate on going down, that's a whole diff, That's a different podcast altogether. That's a three-hour, four-hour spent a whole debate. show on oh, that yeah. thing. Uh, which we, Joel, we're slowly building a list about running backs. We may have to go on a running backs only episode. Maybe that's episode 100. Who knows? But I I think he's around. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the Browns tonight, but I do not like them with the points. Uh, I do think this game is decided. It's super close. It's always close. The Steelers still have Mike Tomlin, but I don't think they have enough offensive firepower to get it done. So I think we see the Browns and Brownie, the elf. Uh, go on to celebrate tonight. Whatever, First, the, whatever the heck Brownie the Elf is. If they don't remove that logo by noon tomorrow, that team's never going to win another game. It looks disgusting, dude. It looks disgusting it's and disgusting. It's bad omens. I just, I don't know. I don't like Brownie that the Elf. We'll move Good on Lord. to the one o'clock window Sunday. The Baltimore Ravens are at the New England Patriots. Vegas has two and a half on the Ravens. Who do you think here? I like the Ravens and the points. Uh, I just think. I think two and a half is way too low for this team. I, I think they're I, I giving agree. Belichick a little bit of credit. I agree. It, John is probably only two and a half because the game is in Foxborough. Uh, but outside of that, that I That game could be on Mars. Right. And But, you know, again, maybe is it a scenario where we see a backdoor cover uh, because of this Ravens defense, the way they're playing? Uh, I don't think so. I like the Ravens and the points here. I think Lamar is going to have a special season. We're seeing what a guy in New York is doing when he bets on himself. We'll talk about him later, but I, I Lamar is on a mission as he bet on himself uh, to get his big contract next off season or the off season after. So I like the Ravens in this one. Lamar is also my fantasy starting quarterback. So he's got to pop off in this game. I think they're angry. Jolon. It's a good, well-run organization. Actually probably the two, I mean, you, two of the top, best run programs in the NFL are going to be on that field Sunday at one o'clock. So uh, that's going to be special, but I would like to see, not that I would like to see I think Baltimore wins. We move on to an AFC East matchup, the Buffalo Bills at the big, bad Miami Dolphins. <laughs> firepower, a lot of firepower. The spread six and a half favor to the Bills. What do you think? Is this is a touchdown game. Uh, Bills six and a half. I do. I, I like this Bills team. And Joe and I would tell people if you're going to take anything on points, I would I would take the over in this game. 52 and a half? Yeah, I would take the over in this game. I think this might be a 35, 38-35 game, uh, or 38-31, uh, I should say, if I'm taking the Bills and the points. So we'll see, man, but I, I think can, it's going to be fun. Personal opinion, I think the Bills dominate. I think Dolphins' offense, while it's good, cannot hang with a defense like the Bills, and I just think – Buffalo's offense is going to steamroll what the Dolphins have to offer defensively. That's just on me, though. Six and a half bills. We move on. New Orleans Saints take on the Carolina Panthers. The Lions minus three. Favorites to the Saints. Over under 40 and a half, too, if you don't mind. Yeah, Jolan, I'm not going to lie here. I don't think there's a ton of points scored in this game. It's just two offenses that really just are not very good. And no Christian McCaffrey has been healthy for at least two games. So, uh, obviously, all the amens have been answered. But... I, Jolan, I just don't see a lot of explosion in this game. That 40 points over under feels like a lot. Jameis Winston has a bunch of broken uh, bones in his back. Yeah, dude, he's did you hear playing. the story about that? It's crazy. I don't know why he's still playing. They he said he can't do there. any further damage. How? It makes 
All right, football and no further damage do not go hand in hand. No. The doctor's full of it, but that's besides the point. Maybe it's Tyrod Taylor's doctor from the Chargers. I mean, yeah, knows? James Winston playing with the broken back, literally. So yeah. the offense might take a step back, but if you think James is just playing and being bad the whole time, just know. Just know he's got a fractured yeah, back, basically. Yeah, his whole back's broken. He's in pain, he said, everywhere. Now, i got to say this, Jolan. We talked about the Giants-Carolina. I'm very, very impressed with that Carolina defense. Because there's a lot of guys on there that you're just not going to know. They're not household names. They're not an all-star team. But they're very good. I wonder what the line on this is. Do you think Matt Rule makes it past like week five? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's week five's coming up there in a couple weeks. But uh, let's see. My pick is I'm going to take the Panthers in this game on a last-second field goal. So I'll push uh, on the points. So uh, I don't really like either team, nor do I really like the way I'm leaning here. But I'll take I'll take Carolina at home on a last second field goal. Uh, we move on to a line that honestly has my eyebrows fully raised: the Kansas City Chiefs at Indianapolis Colts, and the Chiefs are only favored by five and a half points. This is a Colts team that just got shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars and a red hot Chiefs team who started off two and zero in a grueling schedule. Five and a half, Kansas City. Or do you miraculously take the Colts here because there's no way? No, and you know what? There's in, no way. In the NFL and in sports in general, this is the one game where I'll take the Chiefs and the points, and somehow, some way, the Colts will come out or they'll keep it close uh, for a while. Jolan, i got to tell you, I don't really understand the five-and-a-half line. feels like it should be a lot more, especially in a dome. I'm thinking 13-and-a-half. But, wow, you know. Like, that, that might be the lock of the week. <coughs> Ooh. Salud. Thank you. And salud to the Indianapolis Colts. Thank you, Jolan, for the salute. Um, but the Indianapolis Colts here, I really don't know how they keep it close. I mean, they got to run Jonathan Taylor. If they're going to keep this game close, Jolan, his, his carry's got to be 35 and above. They have to be able to run the football. I just haven't seen it enough this year, Jolan, so uh, give me the Chiefs, and I'll take the points. A little more of an interesting matchup here, another five-and-a-half matchup to the Detroit Lions. At the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota's favorite five and a half. What do you think here? I think that's way too much. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I don't have a problem picking the Vikings because they're a different team at home than they are on the road. The Lions don't really have somebody to guard Justin Jefferson, which is going to be kind of a problem. Uh, nor do I think the Vikings really have anybody to guard Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, so it's going to come down to which run game kind of gets going the most: Dalvin Cook versus DeAndre Swift. And that's going to be a lot of fun, Joel, on this Lions team. You know what? They give, got grit. Give me the Lions this week, baby. Give me the Lions. Uh, I, I love the Lions to win by a field goal. We ride with the Detroit Lions. We move on. Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Commanders. Philly hot, 2-0. Jalen Hurts on fire. What do you think? Yeah, this should be SmackDown City right here. What's the line for this game? Six and a half, Philadelphia's favorite. I don't even think it's big enough. I, I take Philly and the points here. I think Philly wins big. Their offense looks really, really good. Their offensive line in particular looks really, really good. So, and if if you've got a good offensive line, Jolan, your skill guys can even have an off day. And you're still going to probably find a way to win a football game. You add in the fact that you're playing Carson Wentz. Yes, Carson Wentz, not Wentz. Uh, and I think you've got blowout central. We move forward to a one-and-a-half point spread. The Las Vegas Raiders are at the Tennessee Titans. Raiders are favored only a point-and-a-half. What do you think? Yeah, give me the Raiders here, just because, first of all, I love our guy Eric Moltner, good friend of ours. 
Uh, saw him this week. He is doing okay, ladies and gentlemen. Before you start asking, he is okay. Only cried about a half a river full of tears on Sunday. But he is all good and healthy. Uh, I will take the Raiders. Joel on, I think they win by more than that. they got to win by a, at least a field goal. Uh, but it, it, this game's in Tennessee, so that's honestly why I think it's that close. If this is in Vegas, probably pick them by more. But uh, Devontae, you're my, you're my wide receiver, bro. I need you. Here's a toss-up game for you. Sure. Houston Texans at Chicago Bears. Two underwhelming teams so far at this point in the season. Two-and-a-half favorite Bears. Who well, do you take? Yeah, we'll see. I have to check the weather report on that one. Uh, because if it's anything nasty, I'll take the Bears by 100, as we saw them beat beat up the Niners. I'll take the Bears at home, Joel. There's no real good pick here. With points? Uh, yeah, I'll take the points. And and I, I think the, the Bears win kind of comfortably. Uh, Fields, it seems like he just plays better at home. Obviously, more confidence there. And Houston, man, they just keep going from tough place to tough place, right? Soldier Field, as much as we anoint grass and say we need it back because it doesn't have as much injuries as, as the turf does. The Windy City is the last place to put it. That grass, Jolon, is atrocious. We need grass in, like, Miami. Or, actually, there's a lot of rain there. California. Right, but they have a dome in Miami. They can cover it when it rains. Um, but, you know, Soldier Field is not the easiest place to play on uh, in America. So, I'll take the Chicago Bears in the points. We move on. Back home, East Rutherford. The Bengals are taking on uh, the local New York Jets. Five and a half point spread. Vegas is taking the Bengals. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's way too much. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals to win the game, but not by more than five and a half. Now, I have talked to our uh, Jets extraordinaire, uh, Mr. Ryan Schaefer there. Uh, I have to talk to more Jet fans, obviously get their kind of feel about it. But the Bengals have looked like doggy poo-poo the first couple weeks. They have looked absolutely atrocious. Their offensive line is in shambles uh, and can't seem to communicate to the next guy over. So, that is a massive problem, Jolan, but they still have Joe Burrow. They still have Jamar Chase, but the Jets are riding high here. They they are riding high off a huge victory, and I just think they keep it close all game long, and McPherson makes a kick maybe at the end to win it. Jacksonville Jaguars are traveling all the way out west to the Los Angeles Chargers to spread seven, obviously favoring Los Angeles. Who do you take here? Do the Jaguars cover a seven-point spread? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, obviously, I, I haven't gotten the latest on Herbert's ribs, how they're feeling. I'm assuming he's going to play. Otherwise, it'd probably be a bigger story. If he plays, I'll take that. I'll take them to push, actually. I'll take them to win by a touchdown. Uh, I, I, just think, I just think the Chargers team, top to bottom, is just better than Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville get to go out and enjoy L.A., you know, have a little fun out there in L.A. Maybe show they're with the top team. Maybe, Maybe. play some good football, you know, Maybe. keep it close. You just never know, Joel. And in these games, they're playing in good environments. Quarterbacks can play well. We know it's there's not going to be a sound issue uh, because the Chargers fan base has been obviously mocked throughout, you know, Twitter uh, for ages now. But it's, it's, it's a real thing. Teams don't have to use silent count when they go in there. That changes things. Uh, you're able to communicate a little bit better. So we'll see. I like the Chargers. Again, if Burrow plays, I like I like the Chargers by, by seven. We move on to the Atlanta, Fal- Atlanta Falcons, excuse me, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. One and a half point spread favoring the Seahawks. What do you think? Oh, God, this game is terrible. This oh, yeah. game is really, Chuck really bad. I'm going to guess that the weather's not going to be terribly great out there in the Pacific Northwest. 4.30 in Seattle on a Sunday. Yeah, we'll give me the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks in this game. I'll take the points. Uh, this is a game that if I was putting real money on it, I'd probably stay away from just because 
It's two awful birds going at each other. And so uh, good luck picking this one, but uh, good luck putting money on this one. But I like the Seahawks. I'll take the Seahawks at home. The 425 o'clock window Sunday. I have a bunch of juggernauts playing. We have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One and a half point spread favors the Bucks. We all know Tom Brady's wife's leaving him. What do we think? I think it, I think it's Rodgers. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, but we also know Aaron's doing psychedelics. So, as a betting you know, man, though, you have to know that Tom Brady's wife is out of the house. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. But uh, you also have to know, Joe, that he's playing without his number one, his number two, his number four, and likely number five wide receivers, with his number three being a question mark. Uh, and his number six being a question mark as well. And his old lady out of the house. Right. <laughs> sure. Um, but this is this is a tough one. And Green Bay, like you said, Green Bay hasn't looked sharp. I'm going to take the Packers to win in this game. I'll take the points as well. I just I just think they, they come down and they beat Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady just hasn't looked like Tom Brady all year long. And it's kind of scary. It kind of stinks. But it is what it is, and we got to move on from that. So give me Green Bay. The second set of juggernauts in the 425 window are the Los Angeles Rams traveling not too far to the desert of Arizona, taking on the Cardinals. Vegas is a three-and-a-half favorite toward the Rams. What do you think? Well, if there's ever a get-right game for your offense, it's probably against the Cardinals now. They played better in the second half against the Vegas Raiders. Have they turned a corner? I don't know. They better turn the corner quick uh, because we know about their second-half collapses. Cliff Kingsbury, looking at you in particular. So... You know, the clock is ticking to rack up wins, and they've got a brutal schedule, Jolon. Their schedule is just horrendous. I like the Rams here. I, I do. I know Kyler Murray will be comfortable. He'll be running around, and, you know, they call it the little toaster out there, or what, you know, whatever Arizona wants to call it. But I like the Rams, and I think their offense is going to have a big day, and Cooper Cup's my fantasy wide receiver, so uh, he needs to kind of have a big day, and I expect them to. Sunday night primetime is the 49ers taking on the Denver Broncos. Jimmy G and Russ meet up again since their NFC West battles last season. Who do we take? This is a hard one. And the this line, Denver defense is good. Line is one and a half, favorite toward the Niners. Favorite towards the Niners, okay. Um, ooh, boy, this is tough. Because that is a good defense, Denver's got. They, Nathaniel they, Hackett's all you need yeah. to know. Nathan, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett's going to be unfortunately on the unemployment line sooner than he probably should be. I don't I can't guarantee many things. I can guarantee you he gets out coached by Kyle Shanahan. Can guarantee it. Well, Maybe he, not win. Oh Nathaniel Hackett might not lose, but he might look like a fool on some plays. I can guarantee you that. I'm sure, Jolan. It's like you know, it's like bringing a third grader in here and being like, hey, do a perfect podcast, bro. You know, like it just doesn't happen. And so, yeah, they'll be out coached, but again, can Russ get it going? Is this the week they do? I don't think so. I'll, I'll take the Niners on Sunday Night Football uh, to win on the road. Great program. If they were a college, we'd call them, you know, they're a great organization. They'd be a great program if they were a university in college. Uh, just, a, just a machine. Now honestly. they're just a good business. Yeah, they're awesome. So uh, I'll take the 49ers and uh, Jimmy G gets it rolling. Let's, wa- oh, let's wrap up week three. With the Dallas Cowboys at New York Giants Monday night. One and a half spread. Favorites? The Giants. The G-Man. Uh-oh. Cooper <laughs> Rush comes to town. Who do we take? Yeah, I mean, this smells like Cooper Rush's Joe Namath game, right? I mean... Four touchdowns, 440, 30 yeah, on the ground. Right, absolutely. So, uh, listen, I think the Giants... I think the Giants' defense has to be better. 
uh, because they do have an offense that, yes, has Saquon Barkley, and yes, sometimes has good Daniel Jones, and yes, sometimes has good Kadarius Toney. They still need to create turnovers on defense. They still need to play better sound defense. Now, they, it looks like they're going to get Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari back uh, for that Monday night game, Jolan. And what other way can I go? Give me the Giants and the points, and we'll take it 3-0, and baby. Headed into uh, another home game next week against Chicago. Big Blue, I'm riding with them. Got to, right? Got to. Got to. That wraps up week three. Basically, done with football. College football obviously popping. We could get more into that a little bit next week. Notre but Dame there's, stinks. There's Sorry, Dr. P. Love you. Better stories in sports, especially in New York. Let's go to the Yankees in the Bronx. Yeah, Aaron Judge on the cusp of history. Uh, he's at, you know, as we sit here uh, recording this podcast, he sits at 60 home runs. That could change by the time you hear this podcast. Who's that tie? Uh, what do you mean, who's that tie? I don't home run wise, 60. That ties Babe Ruth. We're talking um, about Babe Ruth in 2022. This is yep. how historic this year has been. I don't want to hear any nonsense. I'm a diehard Mets fan. Just take it all in. You know, now, it's we are talking about the Babe Ruth that did it in eight less games than Aaron Judge did it. That's beside the point. They threw I, 75 miles per hour. That's uh, we're not going there. I'm just ma- I'm just joking around. And uh, nope, as we know, 61, <laughs> the record by Roger Maris is the only non-steroid. Uh, is the, the highest record. the highest non steroid total? Um, it, it's hard, Jolan, because again, the league embraced steroids so much, and now when it comes to any accomplishment, they 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 disqualify it and everything like that. That's my only problem, Jolan, is banning these guys from the Hall of Fame, putting asterisks next to everything they do. You have a commissioner who loved it, appreciated it and allowed it to happen on a day-in, day-out basis because, you know why? Because it saved the sport of baseball. If he had condemned it when it happened, I'd have no problem. You're talking about after the lockout of 94, 95, yeah. I believe. There were low fans. Yep. The home run race comes back. Saves, I understand Saves that. baseball. Don't get me wrong. But it discredits what Judge is doing cleanly against what these guys did sauced up. That's the only reason why I think people just overlook that because we want to give judges flowers on a normal scale. Right. Who but cares? we well, also have to wait a few years, right? Judge might be on the stuff. Right. We didn't, learn about bond. <laughs> we didn't learn about Bonds till 07, yeah. right? Like, and he hit the home run record in 01. If you had eyes, you knew about Bonds in 2000. Right, right, of course. But, yeah. you know, we didn't, we didn't get an official thing out. And I'm not saying Aaron Judge is and he's doing it. We give A-Rod his flowers, you know? Right, and that guy flowers. used steroids, like, you know, we and we know it, so... Steroids, and I wasn't doing what Judge no, was doing, but... <laughs> nothing... Besides no, me. we're not taking anything away from Aaron Judge. Uh, he's had a truly historic season, Jolan. He's going for the Triple Crown. He's going to win AL MVP. He's going to get paid over $300 million. I mean, what what more could he ask for? A World Series ring. Uh, let's take it one step back, because yep. it was all but inevitable that the Yankees won 100 wins July 1st, I want to say. Now they might but, not do it. But they were they were sixty two and twenty something. I believe right? their first team sixty yeah. wins right yep. around crushing it. Yep. But yeah, around July first, this team was how many over a hundred we were asking. Yep. Now they take a step back, an awful brutal half to the yep. second half of the season. What are your expectations for the Yankees now moving a little bit forward into October? Are the Yankees and and our boy Crucky and I talk about this all the time. The problem with the Yankees is they don't have set roles in that bullpen. And I'm actually worried about their pitching top to bottom because 
Garrett Cole, as we know, can either throw you a perfect game head or case. he can throw you out of a game. Nestor, Nestor Cortez is on an innings limit. That never tends to work out very well. Domingo Herman is still a young pitcher. Okay, he's not a seasoned vet. In spots, he looks good. In spots, he looks good, but that's not that's not good enough. I understand. Right? When, and especially, Joanna, in a city where you look across town and the Mets, in a three-game span, are going to throw you DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, who are just like that, that Joanne, you can go win with. I, I think the Yankees, not that you can't win with those guys, what I'm saying is, is it makes you more uneasy. And if those guys have a bad start, now your bullpen's reeling, and your bullpen really isn't the strength of your team. And you don't have a closer. Clay Holmes does not look like himself. But again, Jolan, as I wrote about this week in an article, as Aaron Judge goes, this Yankee team will go. Let's rephrase that. Clay Holmes does look like himself. He was just on an all-time high back in April, back in May, when he was dealing. That was an anomaly. That's not who he was. But if he could get back to that, then yes. We, we have not played the game of, will the real Clay Holmes please stand up? We have not he's done standing. that yet. Oh, he's standing right now. Um, but as Aaron Judge goes, this Yankee <laughs> team will go. And, and I mean the entire Yankee team. Like, that is, that is how they go. We see it with the Mets. Pitching keeps them in the game. The offense goes as Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor go. While the pitching can save them at times when they look bad. But with the Yankees, Joel, let's just wrap that up. They are going to win their division. They look fine. Uh, and it's just all roads lead to Houston at this point. Uh, it's basically it for the New York Yankees. Let's move on to the Mets. Closing in on 100 wins. Yeah. 10th postseason appearance. Now locked in as of a couple days ago. Let's talk to the other side of New York, Queens. Well, I believe that would be the third time in franchise history if they do, in fact, win 100 games. Uh, the others being 1986 when they won the World Series, uh, 1988 when they just barely missed the postseason. Uh, there wasn't a wild card back then. Otherwise, they would have been securely in the playoffs. John, we talked about it. I, this pitching staff is what is going to keep this team in ball games, and when they're kept in ball games, what is going to win them baseball games is the bat of Francisco Lindor and the bat of Pete Alonso. We saw it in this recent Brewers series. We saw it in Game 2 of that series. They were down 4-0, Joel on. Alonso blasts a three-run homer, his second in as many days, to cut it to 4-3. to And then Lindor just uncorks on a grand slam uh, to put them up 7-4. to They win that game 7-5. to They go as those two guys go. Max came back his first start off the IL. Six perfect innings, Joan. Not no hit innings. Not one hit innings. Perfect innings. He looked great. And if you're the Mets, you're now lined up to have DeGrom, uh, your Bassett, Scherzer, and DeGrom all pitch in the Atlanta series, which is coming up at the end of this month, first weekend Crucial of games. October. Joan, the Braves don't lose. And when the Braves do lose, the Mets lose. So here we are. They're ver- you know, they're tied in the loss column. The Mets will play two more games than the Braves. Assume the Braves win it. I mean, assume they win those two just because they're the Braves. Uh, that's just kind of how that's going to happen, I would imagine. So, uh, Jolan, that series is going to be massive. And SNY gets the Friday night game. I found this Fox gets the Fox gets the sorry the Fox gets the Saturday night game, and ESPN gets the Sunday night game. I mean, could you ask for a better series, Jolan, for the division? Because let's be honest, the Mets do have to play the Nationals after that at home. I already looked at tickets for that. 
Uh, and they're probably not going to go. But that is the series that will likely define that that will define this division. Uh, but the Mets. The bats have come back, Jolan, a little bit. Either way, you see us in a wild card, you see us in a regular divisional round, whatever, we're coming. Yeah, I mean, if you see us in the wild card, it's a best of three, and we're, throw, we're throwing DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett with DeGrom on a plane to go start game one of the DS. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the reality of the situation. So, you if you, you want to bet, you want to be happy that the Mets don't win the division, if they don't, be my guest because you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Yeah, it could be, could be absolutely. So, uh, I think that pretty much does it for baseball, Joel. On we've seen, you know, the Dodgers just continue to roll. We mentioned the Braves. Uh, maybe the Phillies could help us out and win a couple games here or there. But I think it's uh, it's an exciting time. We're getting to playoff baseball, Joel. Yes, so sir. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting. And guys, like we mentioned, we right. will be back weekly here. Uh, we will be back every week getting you content out. Maybe special guests, Moltner, Schaefer, any of our friends from around, Nico, anybody that kind of knows sports uh, and enjoys talking the NFL. Obviously, that'll be a big topic of our show uh, for the next, you know, whatever, 18 weeks, uh, including the postseason and stuff like that. Joe Lana, people can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, at Goose on the Mic. You can check out my sports show, WTBQ, Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. with Zach Kruk. You can catch me in the Warwick Valley Dispatch. Uh, I got a weekly article that I love writing about. You can catch me Friday nights or Saturday days calling Warwick Wildcat football. Uh, Just kind of anything and everything in between. Heck, if you give me a call, I'll take care of your trash for you too. Joel Line, where might the people be able to find you and or the podcast? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at good old Joel's. You can follow our Instagram at aired.podcast and our Twitter at podcast aired out. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, feel free to reach to those. Yeah, Joel's. It. It's uh, fun for episode 66. David Deal, uh, we hope you're enjoying retirement. Shane Lemieux, we hope you get back healthy soon uh, and get to enjoy the fun that it seems like the New York Giants all of a sudden are a fun football team to be on. New York sports is back, baby. Yeah, baby. So uh, until week, we'll be headed into week four next week, Jolan, until episode 67, and until next week. New York's back. Put it in the books.